Good morning. So for the past 32 weeks, we've been walking through this Gospel of Matthew, which was written approximately 40 years after Christ died. It was primarily for a Jewish audience to convince them that the Jesus of Nazareth was the promised Messiah of the Hebrew Scriptures. So as we near the end of the liturgical year, we're given this Gospel passage. It was largely written to address a concern of that time. It was a realization that Jesus was not coming back anytime soon. See, for twice in Matthew, we hear Jesus himself declaring that this generation would not pass before the coming of the Son of Man. So it was no surprise that Paul and the Gospel writers all picked up on this and wrote about the impending expected return of Christ. But as the years went by, with no sign of a second coming, the authors wrote passages and parables in order to remind Christians that no one knows the time nor the place when Christ will return, and thus the need for us to always be prepared. Biblical scholars will tell us this parable of ten virgins was likely cobbled together, taken material from Mark and a few other sources with some later edits. It's rooted in the foundation of the current Jewish wedding rituals, and it's enriched with a number of metaphorical images. But it's all meant to drive home this message of always being prepared, which is a gospel theme that we will hear many times between now and Christmas. But what does that all mean to you and me? What does that look like? And tapping into one of today's gospel metaphors, what is the oil that we need to be placing in our lamps? To answer that, I think we need to first shift our focus away from the fear of what is to come and when it will happen. Said about 98% of our thought process is either reprocessing the past or endlessly worrying about the future, even though Jesus warned his disciples not to do so. For when we focus on this fear-based theology, we too often forget, I think, that the kingdom of God is here and it's now. We're called to fill our lamps by participating in all of it, and thus bringing to life the current presence of Christ. We do this by being awake and alert to the Christ who meets us in our daily lives so many different ways. Perhaps it's holding your child or grandchild for the first time, or sitting by the side of a dying parent or friend. Maybe it's the beauty of a sunset over an ocean or gazing into the face of a one that you love so much. Maybe it's seeing your son, his first home run in Little League, or your daughter sinking all net three-pointer at the buzzer. All these and more, they're the occurrences of Christ. Do we pause and recognize and embrace those moments? Or are we asleep and too preoccupied and miss them? Next, we have to look within, keeping in mind that our spiritual life is not a competition of who gets in and who doesn't. For unlike the parable, none of us are all wise, nor are we always the fool. We're both weed and wheat. We're not perfect. Only God is perfect. Rather, we need to work on transforming our foolishness by examining what in each of our lives needs to change to look where we are asleep to God's presence, where we really need to be awake. 
In the words of theologian and scientist Sister Leah DeLeo, she writes, For God is the root reality of our lives. God is what we do with our lives. And we are called to participate in the very acting out of the life of God. In essence, to be more of God. Thus, we need to stop trying to placate God and allow ourselves instead to be held by God. I'm not sure why it's so hard for us to believe that God has pure, unconditional love for each of us, and then we spend so much time placing conditions and restrictions on God's love for us and for others. Because when we do so, this leads us to going through life with a spirituality focused if we're just working on this personal evacuation plan for the next life, just seeking to answer the question, what do I need to do in order for me to get into heaven? Rather than being focused with fear on what is to come, can we redirect our energies on living a faith-filled life in the here and the now, in the present? For this is the type of Christian life that allows us to recognize the inner presence of God in each of our lives, even when we find ourselves in crisis, even when there is such pain in the world such as was experienced with the latest mass shooting in Texas or the mass destruction of Puerto Rico, or the visibility and awareness of so much abuse exposed by the hashtag MeToo phenomenon. But guess what? God is present in all that pain as well. Shane Claiborne is the founding member of The Simple Way. It's a faith-based community in the inner city of Philly. Helps connect faith communities around the world. And recently he wrote this. There's something powerful that happens when we can connect our faith with the pain of the world. We are concerned not just with going to heaven when we die, but with bringing God's kingdom down here. And that means figuring out how we can be part of the restoration of our world. As we look at the neighborhood, what does it mean for us to pray the Lord's Prayer, that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? We pray and act for that every day because... We believe God's kingdom is coming, and we all want it to come. I think this is the way we fill our lamps, and we trim our wicks, allowing us to burn brightly, thus stamping out the darkness that at times seems way too prevalent in our lives. So as Jesus tells us so often in the gospel, do not be afraid. Instead, work on being prepared, which has more to do with now versus later. It's focused on presence and never fear. It has all to do with love and nothing to do with hatred. It has to do with using your heart and soul versus just using your mind. It has all to do with how we care for others versus just focusing on ourselves. For we're called to live the gospel not focused on end time, but on now time, this time, presence and present. And if we do, we will be taken to places that we least expected. We will connect with others in ways we never thought were possible. We will be ever more aware of God's presence in our daily life. And we will fill our lamps and those around us with an abundance of oil, allowing the light of Christ to burn brightly. And then the time will come 
without knowing the day nor the time when our work in this life will be done and we'll be called back home. And we will join those that have gone before us, better known as the communion of saints, where we will be more of God, but not through any merits we have earned, but simply by the love we have shown.